0: Hello, everybody. My name is Matt. I enjoy all things funny. My favorite expression literally is literally. And I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for pressing play. I hope you're here joining us after already listening to the Prelude episode. This is episode one. Why don't we get started? Welcome to Bits with Bite. A History of Comedy. This is a podcast where we examine how the art of laughter has changed throughout the decades and why some bits have so much bite, they change the comedic landscape completely. Each episode we will look at a different time period in comedy and profile one iconic individual. So if you want to dive deeper into the things that make you laugh, this is the right place. In this episode, we're diving deep into the late 1800s and early 20th century. Today, we'll be looking at the profound impact of none other than Charlie Chaplin. I'm sure most of you recognize his name and probably even conjure up an image of him. But how well do you really know him? He is so iconic, he is a perfect person to start with for our history of comedy. Let's first talk a little bit about who he was, where he came from, Uh, you know, a brief biography, if you will. His upbringing was bad by the standards of his day, so by our standards, it's, it's unbelievable. The fact that his dad was nowhere to be found was already bad enough for him, but it gets worse than that. He had a mom who was committed for a period of time due to mental illness, and he had been sent to work camps, several work camps as a child to make money for the household. I mean, if a kid nowadays was sent to that camp, the camp would fire them. They would spend their whole time just filming TikToks. So yeah, his childhood sucked and he grew up with a desire to make money. Definitely something that impacted him later in life to become so successful. His success started when he was signed to Fred Carnot's company who toured theaters and really made slapstick comedy a thing. So his brother was already with the company actually and vouched for Chaplin to join them. And Carnot was not really into the idea but said he'll give him a chance. That was the best risk he ever took. Carnot's company was touring around theaters and they really developed slapstick comedy as a genre. It's so weird to think before this slapstick comedy was, was not a huge success, it was not everywhere. We all think throwing a pie in the face is about the most unoriginal prank ever by now, but that's thanks to Fred Carno. He actually made it famous. Imagine being responsible for the success of such a well-known bit. So this is what was going on in the company when he started there but he was a brilliant comedian, even at this age. He brought Carno's company to a whole different level. He, He transformed it into a bigger success than it already was. Their success grew, which led them to tour more places, which brought them to America. Now, I hope you're not thinking, what, Chaplin wasn't American? No, 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 no. Not everyone famous is American. He was English. But of, of course, you don't hear his voice in most of his work, so you wouldn't know that he had an accent. Anyway, so there he is. He's in America on tour with Garna's company and he is offered a new gig. This job was from Keystone Studios and it was for film, something that was not even well known. I mean, it barely existed. Silent film was in its fledgling state What did Chaplin do? As we know, he took the job. Keystone Studios is a place he would begin a new chapter, his second life, as he put it, that he is still renowned for today. Let's look at Chaplin's film career. And bear in mind, this is the first time visual comedy for the masses was made available through film. Before this, you would go and see a show, but to spread slapstick comedy around the world by one person wasn't possible. I just think of the challenge on how to make people laugh when they can't even hear you. Chaplin had to rely solely on actions and expressions to make people die of laughter. And that is what he did. His combination of slapstick comedy with film was completely unheard of and the perfect storm. This whole industry was new, so there was a lot of experimentation. And Chaplin didn't have his first success on his first film. It took until the second one. His second film, he tried out a new character that he invented, one that would become synonymous with his entire career. Not bad, right? He was always told he needed to look older, so he put on a mustache. He then decided to play into this whole opposites theme. He would wear a tight jacket, so of course, baggy pants. Put on a small hat, okay, I need big shoes. And then all of a sudden, the tramp was born. His use of expression and exaggerated action killed it. Comedy was changed forever at this point. I mean, the ability to make someone laugh with the shake of a head or the raise of an eyebrow has to be the work of a pure genius. Without Chaplin, comedy wouldn't have been such a widespread phenomena, and you wouldn't have other acts like The Three Stooges. Let's look at just one of his works and explore this deep sense of humor behind such simple actions. Let's examine the clip, The Kid. If you don't know the clip, I encourage you to watch it. And we're gonna talk a little bit about it. The first thing you might notice in this clip is that the on-screen gimmicks, the falls, the plot lines, they're actually all slowed down compared to the standard of the day. This slower pace of slapstick with perfectly timed jokes instead of a barrage actually led to greater success. This success translated that by 26 years old, Chaplin was one of the highest paid people in the world. One of the highest paid in the world from comedy? It's absurd, but true. It was the first hint of what would become career comedians. Okay, let's get on with it. In this clip, Chaplin finds a baby on the street, decides he might throw it away, but then he should probably keep it. I mean, how does that right there not relate to all social context about having a kid. Do you want a kid? Sometimes yes and sometimes no. So there he is with this baby, the kid, and you see him rub the baby in an affectionate way, but then subtly wipes his hands. The idea of somebody being grossed out by something so cute is absurd. That absurdity, that subtle, that slow hand wipe is hilarious. It shows while he has this kid right now, he has no attraction to it. It then proceeds with a few skits of using the kid for personal gain. This is a direct reference to his childhood. His mom would put him in work camps to get money. All comedians turn their pain into humor. That is the success of a good bit. How does he do it here? He just has the kid break some windows with rocks and he happens to walk past these houses selling new windows. You see the kid do the damage. You think his parent is going to be upset. No, his parent put him up to it just to make a few bucks. That is gold. This whole clip is profiling how good and bad it could be to be a parent. That is a bit that relates to 95% of all people. I dare say, It's the beginning of situational comedy, i.e. the sitcom. The main thing I get out of the clip is how timeless his humor is. I watch it now and it's just as funny as it was back then. How many bits you know can survive a hundred years? His mannerisms, exaggerated movements, and such perfectly timed mustache wiggles is just amazing. The humor comes not only from actions, but from the circumstance. I mean, you put a well-dressed man in a slum or a tramp in a high-end neighborhood, it's already a recipe for some good humor. It's fact time. That means it's the time of the episode when I give you some interesting, cool, pretty awesome facts about comedy. Did you know Chaplin married a teenager three different times? In 1918, Chaplin hastily tied the knot with a 17-year-old actress named Mildred Harris. He would soon regret it actually, saying that they were incredibly mismatched. And following that divorce, he married again, this time a 16-year-old named Lita Gray. She was another actress and they had another bitter breakup. And finally, in 1943, actually while he was in the middle of a high-profile paternity suit, the then 54-year-old Chaplin married an 18-year-old named Ona O'Neill. O'Neill's father is said to have been so upset about the marriage that he disinherited her completely. But unlike the last two marriages, this one actually would last and they stayed together until Chaplin's death at the age of 88. They had eight children together. Huh, that's interesting. Who would have thunk that? Well, that's it for fact time. Let's carry on. Okay, let's talk about one of my favorite scenes by Chaplin. I'm gonna walk you through it because again, you can't see it through the podcast, but don't fear, I'm here to give you the visual cues. So it all starts with Chaplin as a prisoner in a prison and he enters the lunchroom and he sits next to like a bruiser bully type and a smuggler. We see him slightly timid while he's eating and then we notice the guards or police actually come into the room. As they do that, the smuggler beside him fills a salt shaker with some white powder. The guards approach him, clearly suspecting him of possessing something, which is now in the shaker, and remove him from the room. Chaplin, of course, unknowingly takes the shaker to season his food liberally, coating it in cocaine. As he eats, he's progressively getting more and more affected. He becomes increasingly bold and energetic, which the scene ends where he ends up beating up the other inmates. It's honestly one of the most hilarious clips I've ever seen and it's a great representation of the drug problem that is still prevalent today. I mean, when the film was made, it was already technically illegal in the United States to have cocaine, but it had only been illegal for five years. So Chaplin took this social issue and made a skit out of it. His physical comedy was so well acted that you would believe the transition from sober to high. Maybe there is some truth in the transition, I don't know. But either way, it was a great performance. The more you watch his comedy, you'll realize that nothing was off the table. He would constantly push the boundaries that even studios today would be hesitant to publish. This is how he changed comedy forever. He would make you laugh, he would make you think, and he would bring these social issues to the forefront of media and on some level to affect the change he wanted to see happen. As sound came into film, Chaplin adapted his comedy rather reluctantly. He would still primarily feature silent storytelling, but would add some dialogue and music throughout. Just take a listen to this clip from the film, The Dictator. To set the stage, again, he was playing off social context here. He was making fun of Hitler and the Nazi state in the film. And this is a scene where they are apparently discussing issues in German. Admiral Hinkler has just said yesterday, Romania was down, but today she has risen. We must tighten our belts. The Juden. The Juden. Understiff the shall mit the Juden. Bismarck. The Juden. The Juden. His Excellency has just referred to the Jewish people. banana, banana. 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 crackers Banana. As I'm sure you can tell, the word banana is prominently featured in that dialogue the absurdity of what they would be saying is equal to that of people simply saying banana in repetitions. It makes light of what would have been a very grave situation and probably a very grave discussion. So much of modern comedy from today can be related back to Chaplin and his work. He pioneered comedy as a super successful career. He developed situational humor like we hadn't seen before. He refined slapstick and took it to a whole new place. Countless of other acts that we'll talk about later in the podcast were definitely inspired by what he did. Because of him, the industry is where it is now. We're going to stop there for episode one. There are my thoughts on Chaplin, who he was, and how he changed comedy forever. Next week, we will have a new episode. We'll be talking about the birth of the stand-up comic. We'll be looking at the legendary Bob Hope and a personal favorite, Steve Martin. See you then. Bye.